Chirp Radio's first time is a quarterly live lit and music series recorded at Martyrs in North Center. The theme this round was First Fall. Proud Chirp volunteer and DJ guys, Megan McDonough, everybody. Jerry Orbach gave his heart and soul to acting and the gift of sight to two New Yorkers. This was an ad for organ donation I once saw on a New York subway. Actually, I saw it several times. Uh, And it struck a chord because Jerry Orbach, you know, Lenny Briscoe from Law & Order, uh, holds a very special place in my heart. So my parents were divorced, or got divorced, uh, when I was about three years old. And shortly thereafter, uh, my dad moved to New York. Pleasantville, to be exact. Uh, It's about an hour north of the city. It's small. It's pleasant. And I continued to live with my mom in Oak Park, just outside of Chicago, as many of you know. And, but I would talk to my dad on the phone at least once a week and visit him during school holidays. He traveled a lot for work and would frequently arrange trips and layovers in Chicago so he could see me. I was expected to get good grades, stay out of trouble, all that good stuff. And since I didn't see him every day, I didn't want to leave our visits with the lingering memory of him being disappointed in me. So I was an overly good kid. And by the time I was in junior high, you know, I would go and visit him, and we had exhausted most of the touristy things to do in Manhattan. So we would hang around his house in Pleasantville, reading the newspaper, and sitting on the couch watching TV. Specifically, original recipe law and order. So Briscoe, Jack McCoy, the whole gang. So my dad's favorite papers, the Wall Street Journal, New York Times, all that kind of highbrow stuff for a junior high kid was not super exciting to me. So mostly I watched Law and Order and drank Fresca. Now, at the time, Fresca was like some magical drink that only existed at the Grand Union grocery store in Pleasantville and only in two liter bottles. Like for years, I harbored the belief the zero calorie grapefruit soda was only available in the New York regional area. And my dad and I would rip through at least one two-liter a day, so his fridge was stocked with multiple Fresca bottles. And we always had good, if occasionally halting, conversations, but we kept the TV on, uh, you know, in case things got super awkward. So he would ask me for relationship advice, which was hilarious to me. Uh, He was an adult. I was not. And he's asking me how to have more intimate conversations with his girlfriend. I was a 16-year-old virgin, giving him the best advice I had called from Melrose Place and friends. And maybe he was hoping I would open up to him about my teenage love life taking place 840 miles away. But here's the thing. I had nothing to tell. Seriously. Nothing. I was an honor student and on stage crew. I was a nerd. But this is how it went through most of high school and college. I still remain a nerd. Uh, He would come to Chicago, or I would go to Pleasantville, and we would hang out, watch TV, and talk about his love life. I kept my stories to myself. Uh, One of the strange benefits of living hundreds of miles away from your father is that I never had to introduce him to anyone I casually dated. Then, a couple years after college, came the phone call where I changed. I had fallen in love. And so I reminded myself I was a grown woman, and with nervous trepidation, said to my dad, 
I've been seeing a guy. His name's Sean. He's great. He's nine years older than me. He's divorced. He has a little girl. And we're probably going to move in together. Let me tell you, I knocked it out of the park. <laughs> I hit a grand slam of uncomfortable awkwardness. I brought it to this whole new level I didn't know existed. My dad never knew about anyone I dated. And truthfully, Sean was the first person I dated for longer than six months. So my dad and I had always talked about his relationships, never about mine. So we both tried to play it off, but the awkwardness remained. So around Labor Day, my dad had a layover in Chicago. I was going to meet him at O'Hare, and then we would fly back to New York together. Somehow, it was determined that O'Hare International Airport, a public place with lots of security, would be the best place for my dad to meet Sean, the older guy that his only daughter was seriously dating. I had a plan. Sean would drop me off inside the terminal, meet my dad, and then he would go home while my dad and I continued to New York. So to make this meetup happen, my executive platinum level frequent flyer dad had to leave the safe haven comfort of the American Airlines Admirals Club, <laughs> exit security, and meet us by the ticketing area. I was so nervous. Like, this shouldn't be a big deal, right? But I just wanted my dad to like Sean. And I wanted Sean to like my dad. Growing up, I'd always wanted to get my dad's approval, even from several states away. So, you know, little screw-ups, a D on a test here, a parking ticket there. They didn't make it onto the highlight reel of our phone conversations. It was all the hits, none of the misses. But this was different. I could no longer tell my dad about, tell my dad's stories without mentioning Sean. It was just disingenuous to act like Sean wasn't in my life. So walking through the American terminal with Sean, I saw my dad. He walked, we walked over and I hugged him hello. He immediately extended his hand to Sean. Bob Clark, nice to meet you. His best formal businessman, I'm gonna crush you in a sales business thing, handshake. <laughs> Sean McDonough, nice to finally meet you, sir. So, uh, how was your flight? How are you? How was the weather wherever it was you were? Yeah, I didn't know what to say. The three of us stood there in awkward silence. I was desperately searching for something to say that wasn't. So, Dad, this is the guy I've been sleeping with. <laughs> Then, by sheer miracle, a cop glided past on a Segway. In the mid-2000s, Segways were still a new thing. And there it was, a uniformed Chicago police officer on a Segway, inside. It was amazing. God bless that cop on the Segway. It gave us something to talk about. Like, oh, hey, never seen that before. I hear it's a new thing. Must be a faster way to get donuts. <laughs> I started spitting out facts about segways, left, right, and center. I didn't know I knew this much about a segway. <laughs> like, you lean to make them go forward. So we were all so nervous and so awkward, and damn if that magical unicorn segway cop didn't glide on by and rescue us all. Oh, 
Look at the time. I said a very chaste goodbye to Sean. Then my dad and I walked back through security and into his comfort zone at the American Airlines Admirals Club. Now, like any good Irish girl of, of age, uh, I really wanted a drink. <laughs> so as we sat down at the bar, the bartender immediately delivered a drink to my dad, then asked me what I'd like. He quickly returned with a vodka cranberry and asked, so how did it go? My dad replied, it went well. I don't have to kill him. The bartender repeats, it went well, to the rest of the bar. They clear, they cheered and applauded. Uh, I turned redder than my rapidly disappearing vodka cranberry. My dad explained, I was telling them what I was doing earlier. I was afraid it would be awkward, but he seems nice. You can find this and other Chirp Radio interviews and podcasts at chirpradio.org slash podcasts.